where we left off really with the second prayer of Brahma's was his effort to try to give some philosophical justification for his blubbering as it would seem um, that, that appeared kind of unbecoming for this very distinguished and sophisticated uh, Brahma to be offering prayers to a child cowherd who seemed uh, to be by all appearances the epitome of of, of ignorance actually wandering in the forest uh, um, talking with animals <laughs> and imitating them and uh, making up games with his friends and not, not the serious sober uh, people hardly a spiritual uh, aspirants or uh, certainly not uh, saintly saintly people and here's the very saintly very pious as we heard Brahma it's hard to become a Brahma right very very pious leader of the of the world father of the world so to speak the uh, Samasti um, Jeev the conglomerate of all the all the individual jivas as they move from heterogeneous or homogeneous to heterogeneous condition from susupti to the manifest world and the cycle of karma and so forth so uh, the, the, the the giver of the Vedas to the world and he's glorifying just the, the, the form of this uh, boy who for all intents and purposes I say as appears is like an ignorant uh, village person absorbed in um, in calf herding not, not even in cow herding yet uh, um, so it's kind of even a play cow herding <laughs> if you will uh, so he Having said that, Krishna looks at him like, you sure you know what you're talking about? You're Brahma. It would appear from the from at least a superficial or on the surface uh, examination of the scriptures that people like me should be worshiping you. Hmm? And you're worshiping me? And, and what are you worshiping about me? The body of a cowherd? How does that make any any sense you've got four heads and this is what you've come up with <laughs> so intuiting kind of like Krishna might be thinking like this uh, he um, comes forward with some philosophical support which will be a number of verses but began last night for his explanation and he in doing that he begins by giving a beautiful philosophical explanation of what is the form of Krishna First, by saying it's not understandable hmm? by all types of um, um, people, by karmis, by jnanis, by yogis, by those who are at atma, atmanandis, atmarams, who know the self, who have self-realized, have understood the difference between matter and spirit, and live in in consciousness of, of of what consciousness is and so forth taste the bliss of the atma they know nothing about the bliss of your body hmm? 
the jiva, the atma, is a unit of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Um, but it's Satchitananda Anu. Anu means like atomic. So the bliss, for example, um, of the atma is not powerful enough to dispel the influence of the maya shakti, which is uh, the cause of our uh, sorrow. Hmm? Um, so it's very insignificant, the point is, in comparison to the Satchitananda of Bhagawan. But he goes on, of course, uh, to say that uh, in, and it may look like a cowherd, uh, but actually it's something much much more than that. That's uh, appearance for the sake of affording intimacy with your devotees who are really the source of your form. Svayichamayi, he says. The devotees' love is what this form is about. So he's really had a good insight there um, about that. Um, what he's saying is, I cannot understand the bliss of your form what to speak of the bliss within your form hmm? that comes outside of your form in the form of your friends as a manifestation of your Swarup Shakti. So these are technical terms, but there is the um, Swarup Ananda, the Ananda, the, the bliss of the, of the form of Krishna. And then there is Swarup Shakti Ananda, so the bliss of Krishna's internal shakti that takes the form of his immediate entourage of Radha, of Nanda, Yasoda, of Sridham, Sudam, Amsu, Subal, and so forth, of Lalita, Vishaka, all these paradigmatic figures that embody uh, uh, the different forms of uh, of of love that are powerful, emotively powerful enough to define oneself in in Krishna Lila in the divine play. So, parental love, in the case of Nanda and Yasoda, fraternal love, in the case of his friends who he's surrounded by here. Um, um, and um, romantic love, case of Radha and the gopis, and so forth. These are all manifestations of Krishna's Swarup Shakti. These are again the Ragatmikas. And we heard last night that Brahma said, the only way to understand your form, as they're standing before me, which is actually the very heart and the love that these paradigmatic figures embody, it's non-different from that. It's the object that their love corresponds with. This is an equation, if you will, that uh, that um, that um, phrase to to, to, to uh, explain it, coined by Jiva Goswami. We're familiar with Achintya Beda Beda. It's complex, but this is one a- aspect of it that Krishna and his shaktis, his powers, are one and different. It's like heat and light are one with fire, but different from it at the same time. Hmm? 
but you can't have heat and light without fire, or you can't have fire without heat and light. So they're they're complementary. Hmm? Um, so so this love of the devotees, these personified uh, forms of love. In other words, this rup shakti is inherent in Krishna, but. Uh, The breath, your breath is one thing, but if you take and put a flute in front of it, it's very wonderful in comparison. It's the same breath, but if you put a flute in front of it, suddenly it makes all these wonderful sounds. So, something like this. The Sarup Shakti is inherent in Krishna. Hmm? To give another example, sugar is sweet. Krishna is sweet, but sugar can't taste itself problem. Hmm? Right? So this Swarup Shakti manifests not in time, but we're limited by language and, and we're speaking within time and space to go beyond it. But the Swarup Shakti manifests externally hmm? and then Krishna interacts with this Shakti in a way that he can't interact with it when it's uh, within himself. Hmm? So, and this is what makes the what what Brahman what the Taittiriya Upanishad says when it refers to Brahman as Rasa, because it requires these two components, and these two components we spoke about earlier are the Ashra Vishayalamban and the Ashrayalamban, the object of love, and the personification of the love. So the love, the ecstasy, the bhava, has a locus hmm, in the object and the embodiment of love. So the players in Krishna Leela are the embodiments of different forms of love and Krishna's the object of the love and they see him and experience him or he appears to them slightly in a slightly different way relative to their love. So the cowherd friends of Krishna see Krishna a little bit differently than the parents see him hmm? and a little bit differently than he's seen from the vantage point of romantic love and he is really therefore made out of that love hmm? and um so brahma says by by grace by mercy only can this form be known it means the grace of these paradigmatic figures as it comes through the, the disciplic succession to us it's a, it's a great uh, ex- an extraordinary blessing you need a blessing uh, to 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 as we've said uh, to attain any form of transcendence but you could obtain some forms of transcendence with a some effort and a little blessing and in different measure but this requires entirely a blessing we make an effort afterwards but without any so it's very mercy based and he makes that point and what he really is saying and this is kind of where we concluded is that I uh, came into your leela and I, I I took away your cows and your calf your calves and your boys and what I saw when I took them away was this extraordinary aishvarya majesty where narayans were emanating from you I've come back and I don't you you, you, you sh- that's what I saw when the boys weren't there hmm I saw something different. When the boys are there, 
Hmm? Then all that disappears. And I don't see Narayan and everything. is It's a very peaceful, sweet and charming scene. When they're not there, I saw your Aishvarya. When they were there, that Aishvarya couldn't manifest. This is what he's saying. Hmm? This is how, what I experienced. I know that you correspond what your form is. If we were art, well, that's why I'm glorifying it because it's so extraordinary. It is the love in the hearts, in this case, of your friends. And as Sukadev says <clears throat> earlier in the Brahma Bhimohan Leela, that uh, Krita Punya Punja, who are these boys? who can associate with with the, the supreme brahman he who is worshiped as as brahman by the nirvishesvadis and uh, as the as the personality of godhead by the vaidhi bhaktas who's thought to be an ordinary person by 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 other people these boys what have they done to attain this position of frolicking and playing with him intimately in the forest and and being, as Brahma is saying, you're the very cause of that attractive, irresistible form that I'm seeing. So he, what he's doing is he's starting to, and appropriately so, in justifying his, what appears to be kind of babbling about Krishna. This kind of babble is, typically speaking, kind of babble and gossip is not a good thing. Mahaprabhu told Raghunath Das Goswami, don't engage in village gossip and so forth. Hmm. Meanwhile, if he was to follow that, which he did, he actually became engaged in all the village gossip of the brudge. That's another thing. Hmm. And all that's going on. <laughs> but it's all Krishna-centered and who is Krishna. So you've got to dive in very... To understand this, what does Bhagavatam say? You have to study very carefully Bhagavatam to get underneath what appearances. Love has a tendency to hide itself, to camouflage itself. Hmm? So we need good association to draw out what, what's going on there in the Leela. Who is Krishna? Brahma is trying to help us with that as, it, as it's starting to uh, manifest in his life and he's starting to realize. So what he's done is, is he's glorified the object of his love and now he's starting to glorify the the vessels or embodiments of love whom are the paradigmatic figures that he will now follow in order to realize the ideal that um, he was impressed with, if you will, uh, that he re- which he received impressions of at the time of his initiation from Krishna, a long time back. So it might take some time from the date of your initiation to get where Brahma's at, but it's good to know what's along the path, hmm? <laughs> what to what to expect. I mean, he's the founder of our Sampradaya, so he's been very helpful to us through this uh, this uh, example, his example in this Leela and, and his prayers. So picking up on the... Ashraya Lambana, the embodiments of, in this case, fraternal love that um, he himself is inspired to pursue and is now understanding the implications of that, what that means, what's that like. Um, he, at the dawn of creation, he was initiated he, and he was 
expressed a desire to have a friendly relationship with Krishna, so now Krishna's showing him what that means in the full sense of the term. You sure? You're interested in that. So as we go forward, you know, we'll see. This is what it means. This is what it means. You sure you're on board for this? So you should have thought this out already now. <laughs> Those of you who are going to get initiated today should have thought this out. And there will be surprises ahead, too. Hmm. Um, so, so to glorify the people of Braj. So what, what's happened, he's, 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 he moved from the second verse to start to glorify um, Bhakti, and by way of um, uh, contrasting it with the path of Gyan, hmm? indeed he advocated Gyan Shunya Bhakti, Famous verse is the third verse of this chapter. Bhakti that is unencumbered by by knowing. So the people of Braj they don't know that that Krishna is the personality of God. They've heard it, people say it. It's but it's not doesn't register with them. Um, because if it did, if they knew he was God, then they couldn't get as close to him as they do and kiss his cheek. Hmm. So <laughs> so um so Brahma uh, again begins to advocate bhakti. He contrasts it with gyan, and uh, in several verses, um, then he further explains why he um, um, identifies Krishna as the source of Narayan and so forth. And and uh, in this, there's some, there's some apologetic sensibilities tone built into uh, his his prayers for the offense that he's made but at the same time he of course he says but after all I'm you know I'm your son so you know children can some misbehave I don't think you know in your nature you'll hold it against me I'm I'm born from you Krishna will think you're born from me I thought you were born from Narayan so then he has to explain how you are how Narayan is you, but as I said last night, but but you're not Narayan, or the, Narayan is a Narayan's form is a form of Krishna, but Krishna's form is not a form of Narayan. Hmm. That's, that's, this is the Braj sensibility, as I said last night as well. So he goes through this, and he comes to this verse today, um, and this verse is uh, the beginning of a number of verses where he. Uh, Glorifies the inhabitants of Vrindavan um, in at, at, at some length, and it follows a verse where he, a previous verse to this one, where he glorified those in Vatsali Rasa, hmm? who, as we mentioned, are uh, um, experiencing in this Leela the, the the consummation of their. Uh, parental affection for Krishna by way of having instead of their own sons come home every night and uh, dress them in the morning and feed them and so forth which in relation to whom as I said they have a sanchari bhav a, a, a companion bhav that augments uh, at their, 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 their dominant emotion of parental love these com- these these uh, companion bhavas they come they arise out of the ocean of the stai bhav like a wave and then merge back into it. And they're called sanchari because they because of for two reasons because they move 
they're transient they they appear and disappear and also because they move the stayibhav the dominant emotion they move the, in this case the parental emotion of the mothers and fathers of the boys who have who brahma kidnapped and of the of the cows whose calves were kidnapped now as we recall krishna has manifested himself as all the boys and as all the calves and so each of these mothers both the cows and the parents mothers and fathers are experiencing their own sons hmm, differently and the difference is they're experiencing them as objects that correspond with their stayibhav, their dominant emotion, rather than a sancharibhav. In other words, as I explained before, everyone in the Braj loves Krishna more than they love their children or the parents love the, the kids love the parents. Everyone loves Krishna. Hmm. So it's all Krishna-centered. But they do have loving relationships with one another. And those relationships, again, are called vyabhichari or sancharibhavs, and they augment the, their stayibhav. But here the situation is uh, suddenly reversed, and the sons have become... Krishna has appeared as the sons, although they don't know that, and so they're experiencing the fully the idea that that, that Krishna... Their, their parental love for Krishna, who's the son of Yasoda, doesn't come home to their house every night. Hmm? But they, they love him differently, let us say, than they love their son. They love him uh, in, in a dominant way. That's They have Vatsalyabhav for uh, for Krishna. But but he's a neighbor boy. Of course, they're in a tight village. But at any rate, now he's become, in a mysterious way, even, even Balaram was taken back by, he's become their their son. So they get to experience directly Krishna is my son, hmm? although he's, he's taken a disguised form to do it. And the calves also experiencing, or cows, that, the, that their calves, that their, their parental love for their calves, they're experiencing Krishna, who's disguised himself as the calves. So, so anyway, the previous verse refers to this and their good fortune with a similar term, it says, Ahobagyam. How lucky, how fortunate are these uh, parental embodiments of love that they that they have this uh, intimacy with Krishna. Hmm? But here he's now he says something a little different. He says he doesn't say a whole bhagyam. He says a whole bhagyam, a whole bhagyam. Hmm? So he's taking it up a notch, and um, he says, and oh how lucky again, oh how lucky. So. He can do nothing but repeat himself um, uh, to uh, try to do justice to his own uh, feelings about whom? About those in Sakyarasa, the friends of Krishna, who are very central to this um, Leela. After all, he's picnicking with them and so forth and so on. And, uh, um, uh, and this is Brahma's ideal. This is what he wants to pursue. So we'll go through the verse a little bit. He says, oh, how lucky, oh, how lucky, I can't imagine. What can I say? About, it's something like Sugadev said earlier. Uh, uh, what did he say? Krita uh, punja. What, what have they done? What, what have they done to attain this position? Hmm? 
In other words, they look like coward boys, but they're sadhus. Hmm? We know that um, Krishna, in the Rasalila with the gopis, when he had disappeared and then reappeared before them, and they asked him, you know, why you disappeared, why you left us. And he said, I wanted to give your love an opportunity to increase as much as separation makes the heart grow fonder. And and I saw that happen. And now it's become a problem for me because I see the measure of your love. It's extraordinary. And your experience of Rasananda, I can understand, exceeds my own. Hmm? And we talked a little bit about this the other night. So, so um, I can't reciprocate in kind with the way that you've approached me. You've, exa- I, you've exhausted my capacity to reciprocate and I've made the challenge in the Gita that how people approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. But the way you've approached me, I, you, I, I can't reciprocate in kind. So I can only, in order to try, in as ever, however inadequately it may be, to repay the debt I have to you, to become subservient uh, to you. Hmm? You defeated me, in other words. Hmm? And uh, and he says the nature of your love is is is, is it's kind of like a sadhuness. Your love is the love of a sa- of sadhus. So if I am to become subordinate to you, I have to become a sadhu. I'm the supreme enjoyer, but I now have to become a sadhu. And so I make a promise that once in every day of Brahma, I will become a sadhu, and I will make devotees for you. Of course, that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The point I'm making is that if you want to become a gopi, and if you want to become a gopa, same idea. How will you do that? So in the very place where Krishna wants to become a gopi, in effect, to experience himself from that Radha's vantage point, he teaches us, you have to become a sadhu to become a gopa or a gopi. So there's a difference between the sadhaka day, the practitioner's body, and an internal meditative spiritual body. Hmm? And there's a way to behave and conduct oneself in one sadhaka day, and, and there's a way to conduct oneself in a meditative internal body that participates, begins to participate in the leela. They correspond, but there are significant differences. We don't dress up like gopis, hmm? for example. Uh, but we dress like uh, sadhus and, 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 and follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's leela and, and the example of all of his associates who are all from the Braj leela, showing how to go there. That is the sadhana siddhabhumi, the land where uh, sadhakas, where sadhakas hmm, uh, play the, in the leela, uh, where, where siddhas, excuse me, Perfected devotees play in a leela as if they are sadhakas, and they teach us by that. So, in order to become a gopa or a gopi, the, the secret is you have to become a sadhaka. And this gets, you know, underneath what Brahma's trying to say: your form is not ordinary; hmm? it's only glimpsed by the most elevated sadhus, as Sugadev says, "Krita punya punya." What have they done? How many lifetimes has it taken to arrive at this position? This is—I can't even put it. In words, hmm? 
because he's off the this this form of Krishna's in Braj is like off the scriptural map practically. So it's a very special dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So he said, "So oh how 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 lucky these people are! They have attained these boys. They've attained this position." By extension, here he speaks about everybody, hmm? but his main emphasis is is on on the friends. Hmm? So aho bhagyam aho bhagyam nanda gopa brajokacham yon mitram paramanandam, and it also mitram means friend. Um, Jiva Goswami takes this verse in in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in the section where Sri Rupa is talking about the Ashrai Alambana or the embodiment of love in Sakyarasa and explaining that uh, to those who have some interest in that ideal. He has a chapter about all the different rasas. So where Rupa begins to speak about the embodiments of fraternal love, hmm? he cites this verse uh, or and I believe in the commentary, Rupa, Jiva cites this, or maybe Rupa cites, cites it, and Jiva comments on it. But Jiva Goswami's comment is that 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 these friends of Krishna that we're talking about here, who are the Ashrayalambana of of Sakirati, hmm, they are eternal. Yan mitram paramananda purna brahma sanatanam. The word sanatanam means eternal. The point he's making is an important point that I rose, raised briefly the other day. The object of our attainment must be eternal. This is the import, a very important verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita that, uh, that, that is often misunderstood. A verse in Bengali that is, is, um, is really a Bengali rendering of a Sanskrit verse of Rupa Goswami's that describes what is the goal of sadhana, define sadhana bhakti. And the way in which he defines sadhana bhakti, among other things, is by defining that, that sadhaka bhakti, sadhana bhakti, or bhakti in practice, is, is aimed at a certain perfection. So bhakti in practice has as its goal bhava. And this bhava, like sakya bhava, like friend, friendly love, for example, is an eternal reality. So that which you're going to pursue is is not something that arises out within time and space or a product of karma. Hmm? Um, has no cause like like that. Here at the world of cause, we do something, you get a reaction. It's not like that. Hmm? Which makes it, on a very basic level, worthy of pursuing. Because the whole problem is we're pursuing things that don't endure. And therefore we're disappointed because we want enduring happiness. We think they will derive from collecting things which wear out in due course and turn out to be something other than we thought they were. We thought he was a Prince Charming, but turned out to be something else in due course. Or she did. Um, it happens. Hmm. So we need to have something more substantial in our life that, that we're pursuing we may need help with partners and friends and and so forth, but we also have to know that 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 they'll be more the more more they will become more meaningful the more they are tied to and connected with a pursuit that transcends their own selves. Hmm? Let's get together and agree: you're not it, and neither am I. <laughs> it's not you, and it's not me. Okay, 
We can agree on that. And and who is it? Krishna's two Bhagavan. So I am okay. We got a now we got an object here that we're pursuing. That's that's going to be here today, and it's going to be there today too. It's not going to be gone tomorrow. Hmm? So it's a very important point that our ideal, the abode, the dam, that which what and what it's made up of. What's Goloka made up? It's made up of these sentiments, these feelings. It's what drives it all. So it's an eternal status. Hmm? It's not some place you can go and come back from. Nobody leaves there. It's luminous. It, it's described in the Gita. Natat bhashayate surya nashashun kunapavaka. Yadgatvananivartante taddhama paramamama. All the ways and the words Krishna uses are important. Natat bhashayate surya. It's, it's self, self-luminous. Luminosity um, is a way of speaking about knowing, hmm? knowledge, hmm? illumination. So it's it's self-luminous. And by contrast, then, to make the point, he says, there's no need for a moon, there's no need for a sun, there's no need for fire or electricity there. Hmm? All of it, what he's saying in the first two lines of that verse of the Gita is this place is devoid of 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 the kind of unknowing that we experience here, hmm? the ignorance, hmm? and um, uh, so it is an in, in enlightened, to use the term, um, realm, from which the implication is there's no return because imperfection does not arise out of perfection, hmm? and perfection only arises out of imperfection with the help of perfection. Only if perfection of its own accord makes ingress into our imperfect lives can they become perfected. But there's no imperfection within perfection. That's an important point. You want an ideal that upon attaining there'll be no returning from because it's so sweet. Not only is it enduring, of course, but it's sweet, charming, so on and so forth. So, Jiva Goswami wants to make the point, these people that we're talking about, because as they, as, as Rupa Goswami goes on and talks about the, the friends of Krishna, of which there are four kinds, which comes really comes out in the import of this verse, I'll get to that, um, the descriptions of them are quite uh, peculiar, <laughs> their habits and and uh, and the way they are relating with Krishna is not typically how you would relate from the pew, um, you know, with with the God on the altar there. Um, and we see a little bit here in the Brahma Vimohan Leela where they, as I said, it's as if they have each cowherd boy has two tongues, a first tongue and a second tongue. Their own term tongue is a second tongue, and their first tongue is Krishna's tongue. So when they taste a food that's been packed by their mothers, hmm, then whatever tastes the best, immediately they put that on Krishna's tongue. Hmm. Whatever tastes second best, they immediately give that to one of their friends. Whatever tastes third, takes third, tastes, tastes third best, then they take that for themselves. What all, the, all that they're eating is perfect, more perfect, and most perfect. Hmm. But they are... Again, their bodies means their senses, their tongues, are that internal potency of Krishna, Sarup Shakti, manifests 
externally that he could interact with it. So their very bodies, their senses, are his own extension of his own senses. Hmm? Again, this is the the, the obeyed perspective. Hmm? They're completely, you know, one with Krishna. Krishna is tasting unlimitedly through unlimited extensions of his own senses, in this case, Sakyarasa. And he has four types of friends and a kind of few subdivisions within that as well. <laughs> and um, and so Rupa Goswami des- describes their peculiar habits, the Surit Sakas, those who have uh, their, whose uh, Sakya is mixed, Sankul, mixed with Vatsalya. So they're like, like older brothers. Hmm? looking out for the younger Krishna. And then there are the Sakas. They also have Sankul Bab, but their Bab, their Sakya Bab is mixed with with uh, with Dasya. So they're like like younger brothers. Hmm? And then they have the then there are those who just have pure Sakya Rasa. Hmm? Hmm? Full equality, which is the full face of Sakya, it's really center is is this equality. Hmm? And then you have the Priyanarma Sakas who had the full face of equality like the Priyasakas, but something something more as well. That means their their not their love is not mixed with romantic love, but they're sympathetic to and 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 empathetic to Krishna's romantic life, and thus want to participate it participate it in such a way as to be uh, uh, there at his hour of need. Hmm? This is their idea. So this is just a brief um, overview. Um, you can appreciate that as far as friendly love goes, we, you know, we're citing a lot of terms. It can be complicated and stuff, but to bring it down to earth a little bit, there can be brothers who are older brothers and younger brothers. So that works. So you can mix servitude, in the case of a younger brother, with friendship, that's central to brotherhood. And you can mix also parental feelings, looking out for a, 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 a younger brother with brotherhood. Makes sense. But you can't mix in the same way romantic love. Hmm? That's not going to work for a number of reasons. Hmm? You can say, we're just friends. <laughs> No, we're only friends. Oh, you two look like a beautiful couple. Oh, no, no, we're only friends, as may, as may be the case. Hmm? In other words, friendship doesn't mix with romantic love in that way. Neither does. Neither can you fall in love with your student. That won't work either. <laughs> Romantically, that could be. You could get thrown in jail for that, right? Hmm? Um, and um, so goes both ways. Uh, uh, parents also can have romantic relationships with their children. That's also um, a recipe for incarceration. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the romantic love is, is, a, is a special thing. Therefore, in Rupa's scheme of things, we have Vatsalya, parental love, Dasya, servile love, Sakya, fraternal love, all bunched together in what he calls Samandarupa Bhakti. And then separate from that is the Madhurya, or romantic love, which he refers to as Kamarupa. Hmm? In one sense it means, Samandarupa means that 
you can have a relationship with Krishna in the Leela, in the context of the Leela and the the social sensibilities of the Leela. You can have a relationship with him as a servant. You can have a relationship with him as a friend. You can have a relationship with him as a parent. Hmm? But you can't have a relationship with him in unwedded love like the gopis. It's not like permitted. It's not part of the social scene. So it's like off the map. It's under undercover in a place that itself is undercover and off the map. Hmm? So it's a it's a um in a category of its own. But that said, there is one group of friends, as I said, the super excellent friends of Krishna, who have everything that the that the Priyasakas or those who have just uh singular and pure uh, sakya for Krishna. Uh, their love is not sankul mixed with another bhava. Hmm? In that sense, it has some superiority because with regard to fr- friendship, it, it affords more equality. And that's central, as I said, to the experience of fraternal love. The equality, it's, it, friendly love is exchanged between, between equals. Hmm? So if you mix dasya in, or you mix sakya in, uh, uh, vatsali in, the equality is compromised slightly. Hmm. Of course, that's still sakiras, and it's defined as sakiras because sakiras is prominent where there's an additive of dasya or an additive of, of parental love. But you can't mix in maduria like that, but still it can be mixed. Hmm. Mishra. It can be mixed can be mixed by way of, for example, again to bring this down to earth, there are friends who are such that they are sympathetic to the romantic exploits uh, of their friend. Hmm? In other words, I may have a friend, another guy, and we're real close, and he's in love with a girl, and... I give him an ear, hmm? and he wants to tell me all the all the problems he's having, and and I uh, uh, am sympathetic to him, and I I'm able to like get inside of his head and feel what he's feeling and be able to give the answers to him that he needs and so forth, or to her, as well. Hmm? Hmm. He's the best friend, hmm? and she likes him the most, also. You understand? That friend is the closest friend, and that's the only friend hmm, that she really, or, or not the only one, the one that she has the most appreciation for and kind of a, of a relationship with based on his sympathy hmm, for their, their affairs. Hmm. She can't have that with all the friends hmm, who don't, Typically have them, eh, you know, they're not ready to hear about that. Now you're with the friends. Put that aside, you know. Put all that stuff aside. We know it's problematic. We got it too. And so we're going to forget about it now. We're going to go to the game, you know. <laughs> Something like that. This is, <laughs> uh, so we're going to get some some relief from it all. That's how they think sometimes, I suppose. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, they say, it's an old saying, I don't know how well it applies today, but 
can't live with them, can't live without them. Probably the women feel the same way about the, about the guys at times, and they have their own, you know, talk sessions for sure. Um, about <laughs> so anyway, this is this is a special kind of of friend hmm? of Krishna's who has all of the equality, if you will, that the Priyasakas, and and at the same time has is influenced by the how is he influenced by that Madhurya Rasa? He's influenced by way of being attracted to it by seeing what it does to Krishna and how he's attracted to it. Hmm? So when Krishna wants to steal off in the middle of the day and separate from the greater group of cowherd friends to rendezvous with the gopis, these friends go with him. Hmm? So they they don't feel a separation from him in that time. They go along. So this is a very special um, type of uh, friendly love. It is uh, the, the, their, their, their desire for the Madhurya Rasa is really based on a desire to be able to have empathetic um, feelings for Krishna in his romantic life. So they get some experience of that. <clears throat> there are technical terms to explain it all. I'm writing about it so you can go there for it. But this is a brief explanation. And in the course of explaining these different types, the various anubhavas, which we talked about a little the other day, the way in which they're um, inner emotive life expresses itself externally hmm, through um, intention and make an intention to act like this. So all the different groups have different anubhavs. Hmm? So Rupa Goswami is explaining all these things and they're a pretty peculiar bunch of, bunch of people, if you will. And so Rupa Jiva Goswami wants to emphasize the point these are not ordinary boys. Yan Mitram Paramananam Purna Brahma Sanatanam. They are eternal friends of the eternal Satchitananda Krishna. They are the very they are more than the Satchitananda Krishna. They are the Sarup Shakti more than the the Sarupananda, the bliss of Krishna's form. They are that bliss inside of Krishna that comes out as his Sarup Shakti, Sarup Shakti Ananda personified. That Brahma has said, I can't understand the bliss of your form. What to speak of the bliss that's inside your form? The implication that's come out in the form of these boys. I know that your love, their love corresponds with you, but that is a... And what we find in these prayers of Brahma, it's very beautiful, uh, in that he has such regard for these people. Hmm? So this is very Bhakti Siddhanta-esque, very Bhakti Vinod-esque, if you will, to cite... Uh, our 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 lineage and the way in which our charges have talked about this ragbhav, uh, uh, ragmarg. What is the saying of Bhakti Siddhanta that Chidamarsh thought encapsulated his understanding and approach to to ragmarg? Pujala ragat bragapat, pujala ragapat gaudavabange, matala harijan kirtanarange. He said, "What we are not interested in uh, reverential love for God. We want the love of Braj. We want a Braj Bhakti, love and intimacy. Hmm? But we have reverence for that love. It's we understand 
that it's such a high thing. We we have this audaciousness to aspire for such an ideal, despite our lack of qualification, by the knowledge that no qualification can get you there. It's all based on Madanugraha, the mercy that, as Brahma said, he showed me. That such a person comes into our life, and we don't even understand it, but we're, like I said the other day, if we talk about Ramanuja Sampradaya and his philosophy, or Brahma, we go through, uh, Brahma Sampradaya, Madhva Sampradaya, I should say, and we go through an explanation, you'll say, where's Yogamaya in all this? What's happened to her? What, where's this? This doesn't sound right. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get, I don't identify with that. And This is a, a kind of an indirect way in which it's apparent that you've all been initiated into and gotten some scars for Rag Bhakti. Hmm. You can't, this doesn't fit in your head. And eventually, and so eventually it will come out more, more directly. This is what's happened to you. Hmm. And as you do, you start to feel like Brahma. Oh, how lucky are they? And the implication is, oh, how lucky am I to even be, to be aware of what the, my prospect is. So throughout his prayers, he shows great regard. He's, in other words, he shows not he doesn't he's not worshiping Bhagwan or God reverentially in awe and reverence. He wants to serve God in such a way that that the bridge or the gap, I should say, the gap between object of worship and worshiper is bridged. Hmm? That's what happens when worship, which has an object of worship and the worshiper and the worship all become one. Hmm? And that one t- turns the word worship into love, which is a unity hmm? and a diversity at the same time. As I've often said, when you and I fall in love, you and I become we. It's a different thing. It's a unity, but it's a, we're both there. But what's happened is I've taken your heart for mine and you've taken my heart for yours. We just change hearts. So whatever I want, that's your happiness. Whatever you want, that's my happiness. So you and I become we. It's a dynamic unity. This is what it means when worship, the object of worship, the worshiper, the, the distance that's, that's traversed kind of through worship, you connect by worship, that, that gap is bridged. This is the bridge Leela. They are not worshiping Krishna. Here in Sakura, they are one with Krishna. In fact, sometimes they serve him like get him a pillow, offering their thigh, lie down on my thigh underneath the tree. You've been playing very hard. And sometimes he offers his thigh to them. Hmm? Sometimes they serve him, sometimes he serves them. They, they are no difference between them. They know no difference between their own bodies and his. Therefore, they're not afraid to even rest their feet on Krishna. Hmm? And he's happy to massage them. <laughs> As I said, to take food from their own mouth. They don't, they don't know. This is Parnai. They don't know the difference. They've merged. Hmm? It's a very peculiar uh, situation. 
And, and, and this is the kind of love we want, but Brahma understands this is a very high thing. I was living on Brahma Loka. That's my place. I was worshipping the Mahapurusha there. Hmm? There, you offer these sacrifices and he accepts the sacrifices and then he goes to sleep. That's hmm? like the lower end. It's a very worshipful scene. And here, that worship is turned into something, very turned into love. It's very, very different in appearance. And it's very far from 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 Brahmaloka, very far this Goloka, but the opportunity that opportunity has come for me. So he's filled not with reverential love for God, but with reverence for the people who love God in this way. This is Bhakti Siddhanta statement: Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bhange. At a certain point, we we will worship, we will keep the ideal of Braj Bhakti on our head and we will broadcast wherever we go what is it about and to a large extent by saying what it's not it's not what it might appear it's not this it's not that because this kind of love friendly love romantic love in particular of krishna says sounds great hey i'm, I'm into that hmm. uh, you can say uh, this our tradition is about having a personal relationship with god and intimacy you think that's cool i'd like to have a personal relationship with god hmm. Okay, well, good. Come on in, and now we have to also explain to you that you're not the person that you think you are. We have to deconstruct your whole personality and separate you from your psychological and biological sensibilities and acquaint you with the way you're, that you're an atma, make you a sadhu, and you know. So then, you know, now we're starting moving the right direction. Um, what you are, and then what you could be. In bhakti, there's both a being and a becoming. It's very peculiar because in jnana, an ordinary idea for mukti, it's thought, stop trying to become, be. In other words, we try to become eternal. We try to live forever. We try to combat every instance in which, uh, whether it be old age or an attack from somebody or infirmity, we try to ward it off and so forth because we... We want to. We want to live on. Hmm? So, we try to be eternal. We try to be knowledgeable. You try to get knowledge by what you, which you'll be freed hmm? uh, from so many things, more free. And we we try to love. Hmm? So the the teaching in in general is stop trying to be all these things. Become all these things. Be what you are. You are eternal. You are a, a unit of Satchidananda. But in bhakti, there is a there is being, hmm, and there is a becoming. Hmm? <laughs> there is a becoming because Satchitananda is one thing, Anu, Sambit Ladini Sandini, that is similar but mm, but but different at the same time. The words mean the same: eternity, bliss, and knowledge. But they speak of a certain kind of eternity, the eternity that is the, that is the. The, the locus of, uh, of of Krishna Leela, the sum of it, the knowing that I'm a coward, that I'm a gopi, and the corresponding ananda, which will be different for the gopis and for the gopas and so forth. Sudhasatpravishesatma, prema suryamsu, samyavag. Hmm? 
So very peculiar uh, and a very Brahma says throughout his prayers, he makes the point very. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm actually offering my dandavats to this kind of love. Hmm? And this is the approach of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakar. He said, "We shall. It would it, look ordinary, and so people may think, cool, let's do it. I have to have a relationship with Krishna. I think I like the romantic life with Krishna. Uh, let's do that. And there's no sambandhagyan, and then you misunderstand what it is, and you." And without getting out of the uh, the misunderstanding of what you are, you try to enter there with your shoes on. No, you got to leave your shoes at the door. You can't take all that baggage with you. Hmm? You got to go barefoot into the leela, naked, hmm? and be made there. Hmm? You got to become a made man, like in mafia. <laughs> and to become. You have to be, beca- be becoming. In other words, you have you are, you are, you are made of fertile ground for this possibility. You are a unit of consciousness. You have a capacity to know cognizance. You have a capacity to love, but you need a significant other that is consciousness constituted hmm? to love. Hmm? This is the idea of Krishna, and so. When his offer for loving comes, then you have the object of love, then it, 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 it becomes um, a possibility. So you, you have the possibility to, of this kind of transcendental becoming, which is an ongoing becoming, because such is the nature of this Ladini. Therefore, the Prem, uh, for example, that Radha is the full embodiment of, is said to be something that is always full and always increasing. So you, you, it doesn't fit between the ears and it doesn't. it's not supposed to. Hmm? And that's good because if everything fit between the ears or just answered to our reasoning alone, it would be a very boring um, world. Hmm? It would be a very proceeding with caution type of life. It has to all answer to my head. It's a pin. <laughs> We are all pinheads. It's a very small thing. The whole reality has to answer to my head. It doesn't mean it should be unreasonable, hmm? but it should, it, it should, it should, it should speak to us of the, it, the whole should speak to us of the limitations of our head, individually or collectively. Hmm? Does that make sense? Hmm? Or does it make sense that the whole thing should fit between our, our ears? We've been trying. People have been trying for centuries. They think they're almost there, and they're still smoking or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> so, this is re- so. As I say, it's reasonable. It's not an unreasonable idea, but but it it says to us what the limits of reason are, and that there's a there's some there's a way. If you want to have perfect knowing, you have to have a perfect method, and this isn't the perfect method. Hmm? Your brain isn't the perfect method. Your intelligence isn't the perfect method. It should be used. But what's the perfect method? This is the perfect method. Hmm? That you petition perfection to reveal itself to imperfection. Hmm? And out of its perfection, it can do so. If the infinite wants to show itself to the finite, then the finite can know the infinite. Otherwise, it's not possible. 
So this is this is the idea of Bhakti. This is Brahma saying this in his prayers. He's realized this. Gyane prayashu urapasyanamante eva. He's realized. Huh? And so he is now showing in this these prayers reverence for that plane. Hmm? That Swarup Shakti and regard for that. And so he wants to talk about it in a way that it will be properly understood and by doing so, this is the teaching of Bhakti Siddhanta, we worship that ideal and in due course the reverence that we have for it will be broken. Gauravabhange, Matala Harijan, Kirtanarangi, the Harijan, the people of Hari, Sadujan, the Sadhus, they will do this is kirtan, which is the the, the the method to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the dharma of the yuga. Hmm? And this kirtan will qualify one hmm? internally. Hmm? It will, it, 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 and and in due course, as a result of that kirtan, the reverence we have for that plane will be broken, and we'll we'll cross into it, hmm? and it was, we, we'll it'll be. Will be invited in. Oh, they're always saying that about us. Hmm? Speaking so accurate, so nicely about us. And okay, what is the Sarup Shakti? But so that Sarup Shakti is very, very generously disposed, and it will uh, uh, make entrance, in considerable uh, ingress into our hearts. That is, means that Sadhana Bhakti has been perfected. Now we are living in in in, in moving based on the emotive aspect of bhakti. So Brahma's moving in this direction. He's got some, some, uh, some, how you say, some, some lolium, some, some, some greed, a little bit of greed, a little bit of greed, uh, thirst for this, hmm? longing for this. But even in the midst of his longing, hmm, we see, He's not throwing out the, the philosophy and he has regard for this. He's actually uh, prostrating himself before the people of Braj and thinking, I feel like I'd like to become one of you, but really, <laughs> I'm crazy to think that. What is an extraordinary thing? But I, but I want it anyway. Hmm? But, it's, but it's like beyond me, but, but it's, I can't do without it. And it's offering itself. So he gets... This way, with the wherewithal to, to to take the steps that are necessary from where he's at to go that uh, distance. So, um, a nice verse and uh, a couple of words here in it are important also that uh, help us to appreciate uh, some of these points, at least with regard to the object of love that is Krishna here. He's described by Brahma as Paramananda or par- Paramananda Param Brahma. Paramananda means the supreme bliss. Um, Purna Brahma, excuse me, Paramananda Purna Brahma. So, uh, Jiva Goswami makes the point, it's a nice point. There's no meaning to these words, Purna Brahma, the full Brahman, if there isn't an unfull Brahman. You understand? Relatively speaking. Hmm? I mean, we say to ourselves that Krishna in Dwarka is perfect, in Maturi is more perfect, and in Braji is most perfect. And in his form as Vilas expansion in Vaikuntha as Narayan, well, he's perfect too, but he's kind of... <laughs> and then you go down to Brahman, the ordinary term Brahman, hmm? 
there's no meaning, as I say. What is the meaning of saying Brahman means full in a sense? So there's an adjective now that further qualifies. Purna Brahma, the full Brahman. There must be an unfull Brahman. That means Krishna is the determinate Brahman. He has, I mean determinate means he has qualities. He gives you something to say. Hmm? Even though he is beyond words and can't be captured by language or by thought, hmm? he gives you something to think about and talk about to which there's no end. There's not enough that you can say about him. Hmm? Brahman, on the other hand, rather than Purna Brahman, nothing, nothing you can say about it. Stop thinking, stop talking, and that's it. That's their philosophy. I don't know why they write so much to those guys. So. <laughs> it's their philosophy. Hmm? We have a different philosophy. Not enough you can say about him. Hmm? So Brahman is one thing. There's no meaning to these terms, Purna Brahman. Brahma's realized this. This is his point. And Purnananda. So there's there's Brahmananda, there's Atmananda, we talked about. Not you. <laughs> and there's uh, Param, uh, 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 Brahmananda. Hmm? And then there's Bhakti Ananda, right? Hmm? So this Bhakti Ananda, this corresponds with the with the, the the Param Ananda, the Supreme Ananda. So there's a less Supreme Ananda. So in this way, Brahma has distinguished. He's identified Krishna with Brahman at the same time, the Absolute. He's not just an ordinary coward. At the same time, distinguished him. And this is a very central uh, point to uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism. What Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdate. There is a, there is a. These faces of the absolute Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, and the verse is actually saying more than that that that, that Krishna is 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 the Swayam Bhagavan. He's, <laughs> these are, these are aspects of Swayam Bhagavan, Bhagavan, Paramatma, and Brahman. This is a very. Uh, and I'll end with this here. Uh, a very important point of Gaudiya Vaishnavism because in other sampradayas it's thought these are just three ways of synonymous ways, synonyms for the absolute. Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. We say, they, they, no, they're, they're actually identifying different aspects of the absolute that correspond with different paths. The paths of jnana, yoga, and bhakti. Hmm? And look at the difference in the paths, then you can understand there'll be a different goal. It'll be transcendental, but it'll be different, and so on and so. This is the rag path, hmm? and this is the Purna Brahma, and the Paramananda, Bhagavan Shri Krishna, Gopal Krishna. Jai. So we want to follow the Brahma, not Gaudiya Sampradaya. <laughs> we were talking last night. Uh, we actually say it loudly because we 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 like madva. We so Brahma Madva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Some of the madvas need to talk. We need to have a talk with them. So this is our lineage. It's very. Uh, we are very blessed to be uh, uh, humble. We're very we're very proud to be humble members of the Gaudiya Brahma Madva Gaudiya Sampradaya. And uh, so some of our uh, students are going to formalize that today by way of me, um, my humble uh, and significant self, uh, performing a service that Pujapat Sridhar Maharaj asked me to uh, perform 
and that be to uh, bless the devotees, newcomers, to chant the holy name of Krishna. So I will uh, in, speak the Nam Mantra into your right ear, hmm? and then uh, we'll uh, uh, work out with you how many times on these beads, the, 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 the rosary from Tulsi beads, the sacred basil, you will chant that mantra every day. Hmm? The chanting will begin with the big bead. There's a big bead, like the bottom of a tree, and then it goes up and gets smaller and smaller into the top of the tree. And this is the fruit at the top, love of Krishna. Don't take that yet. Just go up and down, up and down. It'll come into your heart hmm, of its own. So when you chant with the thumb and the middle finger like this, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Then go to the next beat. So you'll chant. Round once is one round. Back the other way is two, three, 108. Um, so many times a day. We work that out individually with you. Um, and then that will be your vrat, your, your vow, to follow every day. Now, um, I want to mention also and this is important, it was emphasized by my Guru Maharaj, that uh, it's said that, that our, uh, of course, the time, the quality, I should say, of the time in which we live is called Kali. So there's a quality of the time which is uh, a breeding ground for hypocrisy and uh, deceit, uh, deception, and so forth. Uh, do you think we're living in that those times? Okay. So ends the arguments about how's the Kali Yuga and how many years and you know that that side of it, right? It's a quality of time. So in this time, then it's said in the sacred text that the most efficacious um, method for uh, remedying the quality of the time and beyond that uh, transcending time and space altogether and beyond that entering into the wealth, uh, inheriting the wealth of, of, the, of love, of prem, golokara prem dhan. The method is, is, is sankirtan. And you can do sankirtan on beads by chanting out loud. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Dastakura is described as doing this in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and often his chanting loud on beads like this is referred to uh, by the word sankirtan, of course, it can be done with other with with these symbols and instruments too, and it can be done with others. Hmm. It can be done in private, it can be done in the public. Now, if you chant in a whispering way, or if you chant mentally, <laughs> that is that is that is called that is an ung or limb of of a sublim of the limb smaranam, which means meditation. If you chant loudly on the beads, then it becomes a sublim of kirtan. Hmm? And um, in between the ear and the tongue is the mind. <laughs> so if you, it's good try chanting out loud and you capture the mind you know, a little bit. Then when the mind's captured, then the mind will chant automatically. Hmm? Then you can really do smarnam, and then you can unpack all the the, the nam, rupa, guna, lila, parikar, 
all that's in the name. What's in the name? Everything. Right? So Krishna's form is in the name, his leelas, his pastimes, his, his qualities, his associates. You can't have leelas without associates. So the power of a name, we, we know it in an ordinary sense also. If someone calls on the phone and you ask, who was it? And the kid says, I don't know. Do you need to get his name? Hmm? Or if you get his name, you can then you can track him down, right? follow him, find him. So, so the name has come generously. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given this dispensation of Krishna Nam. So this is one way in which we, we chant that every day for initiated devotees. Um, and, uh, and as I was saying, so uh, uh, while the chanting is the dharma uh, for the yuga, for the, for the Kali Yuga, the time being as uh, what it is, uh, a, a kind of a fertile ground for argument over nothing, it means quarrel, Kali, Argument over nothing, deception, uh, this hypocrisy amongst the uh, uh, everywhere, amongst the leaders. If it's amongst the leaders who we complain about, it'll probably be amongst us too, <laughs> unless we s- separate ourselves from the leaders, which people want to do. But you have to separate yourself from your false sense of self too, because we're all in a kind of a cheating situation as much as we've identified with the body-mind complex. You know this. So, At any rate, during the Kali Yuga, as it's depicted in the Bhagavatam, it's time coming. Parikshit Maharaj goes out to survey the kingdom. And what he finds is a cow, or a bull, it's a bull, right? A bull standing on three le- on one leg. It's a metaphor. And, and He's being beaten by a guy that's dressed like a king but doesn't have the qualities of a noble protector and, and so forth. So the guy is Kali personified, the time personified, and he's beating the cow. And the three legs that the cow is not standing on, they represent like like mercy, um, cleanliness, and austerity. And there's one leg that's just wobbling truthfulness. Hmm? These are kind of like pillars of Dharma. The truthfulness is tottering. Right? And um, and so the king is very uh, um, taken back by this and concerned. So he chastises the Kali. And uh, Kali is a smart enough guy uh, so he just surrenders to the king. He says, I surrender myself to you. So then the king says, okay, well, then I got, okay, I, I can't kill you then. Hmm. So, I've, so I've got to give you some place to reside. Hmm. So he says, you can reside wherever there is uh, uh, smoking ganja, wherever there is um, uh, uh, animal slaughter. Hmm? Hmm? Therefore, we're vegetarians. Um, wh- wherever there is, um, uh, I want to say, um, yeah, I know that one. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, wherever there is um, no uh, sense of 
restraint and uh, effort to harness the uh, sexual urges. These, this should be harnessed. And I guess everybody agrees with this, right? They don't let you just go jump on some lady at the mall. They've got to harness it on some level. <laughs> so where to draw the line? Everybody agrees it should be harnessed. It's a, it's, it, when, if it gets the best of us, then we're out of control, so to speak. So, so, so uh, Pariksha is drawing the line here. He says no, no prostitution, which means in his time, which means people were married, hmm? And then they're also, you know, working as it would be, ladies. Now there's working gents too, I suppose. Um, that possibility was there to deviate from the sacred union and make and and how would you say defile it, so to speak. Hmm? Um, that opportunity was there. So he said, "Don't do that." That, that you or the kali could live wherever that is. Hmm? So he's advocating a, that that the way in which to harness this tendency is to express it within a a uh, committed uh, relationship that has uh, as part of it a higher purpose than that alone, and that higher purpose causes us to uh, you know work it out so to speak and stay together and uh, and so forth. So. He said, "Where that's not going on, then you can go there." I was when I was a young, young, younger man, and, and a sannyasi. Um, uh, I took sannyasi at 25, so I don't know maybe it was to 27, something like that. 28. And we were in Vrindavan, and I was going with a young brahmachari, um, and uh, we were on a rickshaw going to a temple for uh, to see the Arctic. In Vrindavan, there are many temples. So, so uh, and we were on the way. We were stopped. The road was blocked by the Verma Band. The Verma Band is a what <laughs> a scene. It's a local band with trumpets and tubas and drums, like a football field type. You know, what do they call those band? The band, marching band, right? And this Verma Band played for all the weddings, right? So when they had a wedding in the Brudge, that they, they, the, the, the groom, the groom, is he a groom? He would ride on a, on a donkey. I forget the symbolism of that, but, and, and, and then his verma band would be around him, and they'd be playing. So everything would stop. Hmm? The streets would be jammed. All the stores would look, and oh yeah, someone's just getting married. So he is going to be with her. Okay, that's how it was. He's going to be with her. Everybody knows about it. It's a small place. It's a village. So after today, we don't expect to see him with someone else or her with someone else. So anyway, that was the spirit of it. So this brahmacharya said, oh man, what maya. We got, we're going to the temple and it, you know, we, we stopped here. We can't get to the temple for the Arctic because of this maya, marriage. He's a brahmacharya. <laughs> and I said, I thought it was pretty neat, actually. And I explained what I just explained to you. That's what it's all about. That's what it's saying, you know. It's really, and you might get married one day, too. Um, <laughs> he did, so. And there was no verma band, unfortunately, for him. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so the, 
the virtues of a committed relationship where you can you can learn to get out outside of yourself and have to make sacrifice and so forth uh, it's uh, on on some level anyway and this had a good beginning so then he said also um, um, uh, that uh, wherever there's uh, gambling you can go there and then he said a fifth thing wherever there's a hoarding of money so if you've got any money that you're hoarding <laughs> you can send it over here to Sarvarahi <laughs> and they will spend it immediately <laughs> So there won't be no hoarding here. As soon as we got it, it's spent. <laughs> so, um, so the point is that that uh, for good reason and with scriptural backing, as I mentioned, my guru Marsh emphasized that his students should not uh, engage in sexual intimacy uh, outside of a committed relationship, uh, in the least, and they shouldn't take any intoxication. They shouldn't gamble. They shouldn't. Uh, what was the other one? Yeah. Uh, they should be vegetarian and so forth. So it's important, right? You understand? Okay. So, um, so you follow that those guidelines. You chant and prescribe number of rounds. And uh, also, I will give the diksha mantra to. Uh, one of our students, Diksha Mantra, so for that you'll also come afterwards and see me. And so, in our ceremony here, we have five, five, five features, okay? The five features are Mantra, Yagya, Tapa, and Pundra, okay. Nam. Nam, Pundra, Yagya, Tapa. Hmm? I always forget them. I lose count. They're all there, though. So Nam, in, 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 in this case, means that, in one sense, we are, we're going to give you all a name. Hmm? Krishna Das, Krishna Dasi, means uh, that's the family name. Das, Dasi. Feminine, masculine, feminine, feminine, and then there's the uh, first name. So these names are are um, intended to help us uh, to separate ourselves from our former identity. Hmm? Um, and they're nice names, so you should proudly tell the people your name. Hmm? I had mine legally changed. Just for your information. <laughs> I follow my own teachings. So, um, name and then, then Yagya. Yagya here, for those who receive the Nam, will be the, the chanting, the Sankirtan. That is the Yagya. And those who receive Diksha, they can also do the, the Yagya of Seva Puja for the deity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then there's uh, Pundra, and I'm working on that here. That is the Tilak. So Tilak is also, this is all about changing your identity. So external ways in which you can uh, move away from the, um, uh, you don't have Baba feeling, strong feeling to change your identity, that, but you 
their external help. So, so tilak we wear. There's twelve places that the two bodies adorned with tilak. You can learn from your your friends, all those places. But the prominent one is on the forehead. So I will put that on all of you to, to for today. And then tapa. Tapa means um, like austerity. It used to be that in some lineages they would brand the disciples with the symbols of Vishnu. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was is very is not like that. So he's very soft. So his his the austerity, for example, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lineage is you don't have to sleep on a bed of nails, you don't have to do you have, but you have to celebrate Janmastami. You have to celebrate Radhastami. Where's Dana? You have to celebrate Ekadasi. This is the austerity <laughs> of uh, of the age in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya. But here what we do is, uh, instead of marking the body with a branding iron with Vishnu symbols, we uh, imprint the name of Krishna. I had a nice little uh, method for doing that, a little, little stamp, but it's escaped my me somehow, so I have to write it with my hand. I'm trying to get another stamp. Very nice, as you noted. Grangi Priya, she liked the stamp, Krishna stamp. So, uh, so did I say it all? Nam. <laughs> anyway, that's the way. So, you come, come forward, please. All right. Because then I'm also going to give you these uh, neck beads, right? Made from. From Tulsi. And let's get some help over there. Yeah, there you go. Gopal Nandini. There you go. Okay, good. And these identify you also as a as a devotee of Krishna. Prabhupada uh, used to refer to it as something like a like a collar, okay. So there you go. You're collared now for Krishna. All right. So um, then we'll give the tilak pundra. Okay. Om Keshavaya Namaha. Very nice. Okay. Now this is a little more difficult here. Here, give me your arm, like that. Turn, yeah, okay. Do you have any tattoos? Okay. Krishna. Very good. Okay. I'm going to also give you this. This is a bag for your beads. Keep that. And, okay, one other thing you need that I don't have here that uh, you can get 
is some counter beats, right? So you're going to chant a certain number of rounds around. How many how many are you going to chant every day? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you have beats to mark that. Don't make it a counting exercise. Make it a chanting exercise, right? So if you find yourself more counting and thinking, how far are we going to go here, like that, then stop counting and just make a little alarm clock hmm, for how long it takes you to chant, maybe one or two hours. When it goes off, then you stop. Okay? All right, so then, Miss Sevamrita, Sevamrita. Hello. Seva means means divine service, and Am Amrit Amrit Mrit means death. Am means deathless. And it also means like nectars, like the fountain of youth type idea uh, in in Hinduism. So, so eternal. You're the you're the dasi of the nectar of service. Okay. Good. We're good. <laughs> okay, come. set here. <laughs> Good. Oh, you just happened along here one day, right? <laughs> I remember when you came and just thought, oh, check it out. <laughs> you didn't know what was going on, but you liked the company, so it's taken some time to figure it all out, right? Yeah. Well, good. When those have helped you, we are indebted to them. Okay, put the T-lock on. Good. And let's try this. Okay. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Good. Okay. So how many rounds you chant? Okay. Good. Okay, your name is Anandanam. Long time coming, huh? Waited a long time for this, huh? Very long. <laughs> very long. Very, very long. Almost 30 years, yeah. Here's a bag. 
Okay, I'm going to fill it up too. <laughs> okay. So you waited a long time. I can say thank you. It's possible. Okay. Why you not call me before? <laughs> you weren't ready. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. All right. How many rounds you chant? Okay, good. Every day, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, your name is Brajabhakti. Brajabhakti. Oh. So, uh, we're very uh, uh, grateful to all of you for coming forward and uh, expressing your faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation and uh, your source of inspiration for all of the uh, devotees who are senior to you. And um, we ask them all to take a moment now to reflect on this, uh, this uh, event that they've all experienced themselves um, and uh, to make a prayer for the progress of all these uh, Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis. Take one minute. Shri Bhakti Vinod Puribhar Ki Jai Bhakti Vinod Thakur Ki Jai Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Bhakti Vidanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Thank you.